Well, good morning. Uh, in preparing for this, to talk this morning, uh, my mind was on the miracles um, surrounding the birth of Christ, and uh, I started with the idea of Emmanuel, the meaning of the word, the miracle of God with us. So this morning I'm going to focus on very briefly, uh, some of the miracles surrounding the gift, God's gift of his son. Uh, the first one is from John 1, uh, and then I'll look at Matthew 1, and then Philippians 2. The virgin conceived, and the word that was from the beginning came to earth as a baby, in Christ's birth, God is with us, and the self-sacrifice of Christ in emptying himself. So first of all, the in the beginning, in the beginning eternal word, that's the way John 1 speaks of Christ, became a baby. According to John 1, 1 and 2, in the beginning was the word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same Word existed in the beginning with God. So in the beginning was the Word means, literally, in the beginning the Word already existed. And these verses teach that the eternal Word already existed with God in the beginning, from eternity, and that the eternal word was God. So I was thinking about this statement, these statements here in John 1, and uh, my thought was that uh, this statement defies human comprehension. <laughs> I mean, I had a hard time understanding it. It's really a miracle because it refers to a beginning as if it is a starting point, but then it says that someone already existed at that starting point, which affirms that both God the Father and Christ the Son, who is the Word, have no beginning and are therefore eternal. And then in John 1, 3 to 14, we see that God created everything through this word, and then the divine eternal word became enfleshed in a baby's body and entered into the world that he had created. And according to verse 14, the eternal word became human and made his home among humans. So here we have another miracle. How could the eternal word that was God become a human? And the answer is found in Matthew 1, which says the miraculous birth of Christ, uh, part of what it says, allowed God to be with us. So the story in Matthew 1 is 
that the angel of the Lord came to Joseph when he was uh, considering how he could quietly divorce his betrothed wife who had become pregnant during the one-year betrothal period before they were actually living together. And the angel told Joseph that he should not be afraid to take Mary as his wife because the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And then the angel quoted Isaiah 7:14, which says, The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. The eternal Son of God, who already existed in the beginning with God, has now come to earth as a human baby to dwell with his creation. And God is with us, and God is still with us, with each one of us, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is living with us now, and this is just as true, just as real, as the fact that God was present in the stable when Jesus was born. He's still present today. And then in in, uh, Philippians 2, we see that Jesus uh, divested himself of... uh, In Philippians 2, it calls it the form of God. And took on himself the form of a servant. And uh, this is... Paul gives this in Philippians 2 within the context of the need for us to be uh, humble and divest ourselves of uh, high-mindedness and uh, thinking too highly of ourselves. So these verses say Christ is the supreme example of humility because he voluntarily emptied himself of the form of God in order to take on the form of a servant. And this is a miracle. So verse 6 in the King James says, Christ being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. And that's kind of a challenging uh, statement. Uh, what it means is, although Christ was equal with God, he did not view the privileges and glory of heaven, something that he should cling to. And uh, you need to visualize the cling to as clasped hands. But instead, he voluntarily relinquished, which is the idea of open-handed, to give up, his heavenly divine privileges and took upon himself the humble form or position of a slave, a servant. And he was born a human for the purpose of suffering unto death on the cross for the redemption of lost sinners. That's what we see in Philippians 2. So the form of God uh, refers to the glory and majesty 
that equality with God included. And Christ did not esteem this former sovereign majesty and glory as a prize to be grasped and hung on to, but instead emptied himself of this glory and majesty in order to come to earth in the form of a servant. And the form of a servant included being in the position of a slave, being dependent on the Father, the will of the Father, coming down from heaven and the majesty and privilege of heaven. As one writer I found said, coming down from the height of power and splendor to the abyss of weakness and lowliness proper to a slave. And that included being obedient unto the death of a cro- on a cross. But then uh, Philippians 2 says also that after voluntarily emptying himself of the form of God and taking on the form of a servant, God exalted him and gave him the place of highest honor, the place of Lord. And that is who he is, Lord. So some uh, summary application thoughts here. Genesis 1 and John 1 teach that the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit existed were in the beginning. And this, of course, is a miracle. The same word who in the beginning was God and was with God became a human. And that's a miracle. Christ's human birth is a miracle because he had no human father. The eternal Son of God became enfleshed in a human mother by the miraculous action of the Holy Spirit. The miraculous birth of Christ by the action of the Holy Spirit allowed God to be with us. In the same way that the eternal Word was enfleshed in Mary by the miraculous activity of the Holy Spirit, the eternal Word is enfleshed in us, living inside us, ministering to us, relating to us through the miraculous and mysterious action of the Holy Spirit. Humility and service require relinquishing supposed glory and honor and advantages or Maybe you could say self-enrichment and self-exaltation that a person might desire or enjoy. Relinquishing one's supposed advantages requires surrendering to and suffering under the Lordship of Christ in order to fulfill the Father's purpose for your life, for each one of us, for our lives. If through surrender to the Lordship of Christ we are transformed into the humble mind of Christ, 
God will work in us both to will and to do his good pleasure, as Philippians 2.13 says. In other words, God's, God's empowering by the Holy Spirit, Christ's life in us, enfleshed in us, uh, empowers us both to will, meaning to choose, and then to do God's good pleasure. Now, one other thought here. Uh, according to Luke 2, when the heavenly angelic army, the angels, appeared to the lowly shepherds to announce Jesus' birth, the shepherds were frightened by the glory of the Lord shining around them. But then one of the angels told them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. And then the whole army of angels praised God by saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is well pleased. And the, the announcement of Jesus' miraculous birth was a promise of joy and hope and peace. And um, so I want to close by saying that in in this time, this uh, strange year of 2020, uh, in which probably for most of us nothing really went in a normal sort of way, in this time of uncertainty and anxiety, God is still offering us joy, hope, and peace through the miracle of his son, Jesus Christ. May you have a blessed day and a blessed week.